Hello, welcome to another episode of High Fives, the podcast, where I speak in a weird broadcasty voice for no apparent reason. I am here with my best friend on the fucking planet, Shannon Hale. We just went to Lakewood to go to Cleveland Vegan. If you haven't had it, check it out. It's amazing. And Shannon, Hi. Uh, you say words now because I'm talking like a weirdo. <laughs> Hi, my name is Shannon Hale, as I was introduced as, and today we are going to talk about the topic of veganism. God Sorry, right. <laughs> it was bound to happen at some point. I think you're lucky you've gotten uh, this far into Alex's slash Johnny's podcast without hearing about <laughs> veganism yet, so it's about time. Yeah, it's weird because there wasn't going to be anyone who wasn't you. I wasn't going to do a veganism <laughs> segment with anyone else because you're the fucking authority on I it appreciate the that, that I, I personally it, it, it's very flattering to hear myself described that way because I definitely don't feel that way about myself but I have I have put a lot of work into it so it's yeah. nice to be seen that way so and uh for those of you who don't know which is probably most of you because uh you know information and such um Right, you were worried you were going to be awkward. You're fine. I'm <laughs> fucking weirdo, and this is my thing. Um, but yeah, I was vegetarian since 2007. I transitioned to veganism in roughly 2019. And uh, yeah, much like other people, I had a cheese addiction due to the insane chemicals they put in it, which we will delve into further <laughs> detail later and get into the specifics. But uh, she provided me the how-to and the why-to in the... Uh, the way forward to that and I adhere to a plant-based vegan lifestyle and it is her fault and it's the best <laughs> fucking decision I've ever made. Which I, I feel like I haven't actually asked you this because you've told me that like I was kind of the person that helped you fully transition into that but I never knew why because I feel like if it was anything that I did that it was very indirect and like unintentional like I didn't know that I was having that type of influence well you you did send me that like manifesto that you had like written you know <gasps> oh, shit. that vegan life yo I think oh, that's what it's called oh my god I forgot about that yes and um my google doc like a lot of it too like like with many actions and the ways we conduct ourselves like I know for me personally like if it's just me doing a thing like I have no problem like letting myself lose focus but it's like oh this is like a person that i have to like hold accountability <laughs> to mm-hmm. and like not that i like feared any type of judgment because you're not that kind of person but it's just like yeah like all right like i finally have somebody who's gonna fucking hold me to it <laughs> well i i appreciate that i forgot that i made that google doc um I had made that such a long time ago, like right when I went vegan, because I had a friend um, from like childhood who reached out to me. It was like, hey, I'm interested in this. Like, can you tell me more? And that was the first person who ever reached out to me in a positive way about veganism. And I was like, <laughs> yes, my chance now to oh, yeah. spew all this information onto somebody. So that's why I made that doc. But I didn't realize that I had shared it with you. So thank you for... Yeah, I still have it. it if you've like lost it and want it back. I, no, I have it saved in my drive. I think I still have it somewhere. It definitely has not been updated in a long time, but it still exists. It's somewhere. So if anyone wants it, I guess I could find it and send it out yeah. again. But Oh, also, uh, let's plug your socials if they want to find it. Oh, yeah. You. So um, personal socials. I don't really post a ton of vegan content on my personal. Like, I'll share some informational things from time to time. I'm not like incredibly active on social media, but my personal is just um, Shannon Taylor, spelled funky, 
C-H-A-N-I-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R. And then my uh, my vegan account, I like to call it my Vegtagram because I hate myself. So it wow. is <laughs> called uh, Eat Your Fruits and Veggies. Um, I'll just spell it out like E-A-T-Y-O-U-R. Y O sorry, eat your and then the fruits fruits, the fruits and, and instead of and veggies, it's N. Ooh. So maybe you can put like links into Spotify stuff, right? So maybe we should like actually yeah, type yeah, it yeah. out because I think For I'm sure. like I'm not doing well with uh, reading this out right now. No, but yeah, you're, so you're I have perfect. You're nailed. My personal, my Instagram, the Vegtagram, and then I do have a, a YouTube channel that I have not touched in a long time, but it has some vegan content on it, and that is just. Shannon Taylor, same thing, C-H-A-N-I-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R on YouTube. So that's that. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, we're going to get into some information. We're going to have a pretty all-encompassing discussion about this. And uh, yeah, I thought like after I'd gone vegan, I was like, oh yeah, I have the facts and the <laughs> rhetoric and everything. And like to a degree that's accurate, but mm-hmm. like... What you're about to hear from Shannon is transcending another <laughs> motherfucking level, so I, pay heed. I don't know if I would say that, but I, I think it's good to preface this conversation because I know sometimes people are like, oh, like, if you've gotten this far, like, thank you. Because I think sometimes people automatically hear the word vegan. They're like, oh, like, I'm just going to have someone who's, you know, dumping all this stuff onto me that makes me feel guilty or they're trying to be, like, elitist about it. And that is not at all how we conduct ourselves. That is mm-hmm. not... Like, we are not on that militant side of veganism at all, which, honestly, I don't see a lot of militant vegans. So I would love to know where all these non-vegans run into militant vegans because I've not really had that experience. Um, And I've been vegan for almost five years now. Mm -hmm. But um, So I just want to preface it with, like, this is an open discussion just hoping to provide, you know, information that can help make people's lives better, help the planet, help the animals. Um, you know, cause none of us here were born vegan. We all came up upon this on information, whether it was on our own or from other people and, you know, decided to change our lives based on that information. So, um, we don't want this to be something that people just feel automatically turned off from as soon as they hear the word vegan. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So, um, so please tune in. We're very chill, laid back people. We're very open-minded and, um, I don't know. We're just very open to talking about it with people that may yeah. not share the same views. Um, so I, I hope if anything, um, even if you're coming into this, not really jiving with what you know about veganism currently, that hopefully you'll get something positive about, about it out of this conversation and maybe think about it a little more differently. So yes, that's, I think my, um, my little tidbit before we get into deep with it. So perfect. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Mr. Podcast host, <laughs> next. All right, <laughs> so uh, we're going to be uh, going into some uh, different topics, um, you know, basically what led us to veganism and why vegetarianism is not enough, uh, the breakdown of the meat industry, dairy industry, egg industry, our personal experiences, benefits, challenges, and, uh, you know, advice on how to get started for those who are interested. And I think if that's something that appeals to you, then you came to the right place. Yes, I agree. So I think we're going to start with, um, which, so are we both like, we're both going to answer these questions? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to like, in terms of like anything pertaining to like empirical information, I'll leave to your court and I'll chime in. 
occasionally. Perfect. Just to smooth the conversation because you're the one who's armed <laughs> with the facts. And in terms of like personal experience, I'll throw in my two cents as well okay. here and there. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, because this is a, if you can't tell, this is my first time ever having this experience of being up. Asked about this um, on a pod in like a podcast type of a format, so I'm nervous. So I hope that it goes well. So um, the first topic we're going to talk about is how long we have each been vegan and why we went vegan in the first place. So do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, so I uh, started being a vegetarian in 2007. I was in Boston, off the heels of a cruise I went on with my parents. And uh, we were walking around, and uh, there was somebody just on the corner with affiliates of PETA who had these pamphlets of just, like, massacred animals. And I'm like, here you go. Here's a pamphlet. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I don't love that, so I'm going <laughs> to try not to contribute to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, So that's when you went vegetarian. Yeah, okay. and, and at the time, like, veganism, for whatever reason, wasn't on my radar just mm-hmm. because nobody, like, talked to me about veganism. I wasn't really, like, familiar with it. And so, like, I use that as, like, you know, I, I, I was a vegetarian from 2007 to 2019, and uh, I don't have, like, dates, like, oh, on August 5th, such and such. It's, like, mm-hmm. that's a rough time frame. Right. And, uh, but, yeah, and then one day I just eventually, like, all right, I'm fucking done with this. Mm-hmm. I'm done with dairy. I'm done with eggs. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of it, or most of it, was Shannon just, like, really given me all the information and the resources. And another small part of it, I mean, obviously it's primarily um, animal cruelty and ethics for me, but there was also a precipitating factor that even without this, I would have been where I'm at now. But, like, I went to my primary care physician, and he's like, yeah, your cholesterol's insanely high. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're, you know, we're going to put you on some meds if you come back in six months. And, uh your cholesterol levels aren't down. And mm-hmm. it's funny. I was like, oh, well, cool. I was thinking of going vegan anyway. Mm-hmm. How old were you when they told you about, like, your high cholesterol? I was about, um, it was about 2019. Okay. Roughly. Or I, I was probably, like, well, I'm 30 now, so it's mm-hmm. probably, like, 28. And you know what? I've heard this more and more, like, that high cholesterol, sorry, just as, like, a tang- a quick tangent, like, you used to think it was something for older people. Right, and right. And more and more I'm hearing of people like in their mid to late 20s that are being told to have high yeah. cholesterol. And I just think that that's, if that's not a sign of how what we're eating is affecting us yeah. like, truly, I don't know what else is. But that's, yeah, that's, it's crazy. Right. Sure. And cholesterol, by definition, only comes from animal byproducts and animal products. And uh, like there's no plant products that contain cholesterol mm-hmm. at all. So I told my doctor, I was like, yeah, you know, cool, good timing. I was going to go vegan anyway, which by the way, like I didn't eat meat. I hardly ate eggs. I didn't drink milk. So like all of that was coming from fucking cheese. Mm -hmm. That's how much fucking cheese I ate on a regular basis. Insane. Just pizza, burritos, (laughs) talking all day long. And, um... Yeah, so I told my doctor, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go vegan anyway. And he's like, oh, you don't need to get too crazy with that. And I'm like, why am I being dissuaded by a physician like to not eat plants and fruits and legumes? Uh, So that's kind of my long-winded way of getting here, and it's been uh, the best thing I've ever done for my health and my life and for alignment with my morals and values Mm -hmm. and worldviews. How about you? 
I was just gonna say real quick about like what you said. It's crazy that like, oh, like I actually wanna take accountability for my diet, which is obviously affecting what's going on inside of my body. And your doctor's like, whoa, that's too far, man, too far. It's like, just eat some Cheerios. That'll help your cholesterol. But don't yeah, actually like, cut back on the thing that's giving you the cholesterol yeah, problems let, in the first let, place. Like imagine <laughs> if you go to your doctor and he's like, oh, well, you're, and you're like, oh, you're, no, fuck. Uh, let's start the sentence over. <laughs> so you go to your doctor. Your doctor's like, hey, uh, I know you've been like smoking cigarettes for a while and you might get lung cancer and like, oh, well, I'm just going to quit smoking. It's like, whoa, you don't got, maybe just <laughs> right. smoke 10 a day or yeah. something. Let's not get too crazy here. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty much how that goes. Sure. <laughs> um, okay, so how long I have been vegan and why. So I have been vegan. It will have been five years, and I actually do have a vegan anniversary or whatever. Awesome, Hell Which yeah. uh, I would say, I think it's July 17th. 2017. Fuck yeah. Is when I went vegan. Um, and so, 7 17 17. Oh shit. I didn't Damn, that's dope as hell. I didn't even realize that. Wow, that's perfect. Um, Damn, that's incredible. That's just the date that I had like officially moved out of my parents' house and I uh, transferred out to the college. My Kent, I went to Kent State. Um, so, I transferred out to Kent as a junior. And that's when I was able to take like take it by the reins, like yeah. my diet. Cause at home there, you know, we can talk about this a bit more later, but I didn't feel fully in control when I lived with right. my parents. So, um, once I was responsible for buying my own groceries right. and that's, so that was my move out date. So that's when I, uh, cause I, I never bought a single, you know, animal product intentionally, um, once I had moved out. So yeah, it's been almost five years, uh, which is crazy when I think about it. Um, and why, um, I actually, I think I was on Instagram one day and there was this girl that I knew just like as an acquaintance and she was very into activism and I, um, one day for some reason there's something she posted that just caught my attention more than usual mm -hmm. and I was like, all right, like what is this whole vegan thing? Like why, you know, what is she up to? What is this? And so I kind of, you know, did a deep dive on her page and I, I learned a lot and, um, you know, kind of once I was in it, I'm really glad I didn't turn away, mm. um, that I continued to do research and went down this rabbit hole and lots of tears were shed and it was very difficult, but I'm really glad that, um, just that one day I decided to not, you know, turn my head away and pretend like it wasn't happening. Cause I knew for a long time that animal cruelty was involved in the making of mm -hmm. animal products, but, um, I'm, I was someone, you know, I made a lot of excuses and I just thought if I didn't see it, it didn't make it real and I wouldn't have to right, worry about it and everything. Sight, so once it was right in front of my face that day, I was like, okay, like, you know what? I've called myself an animal lover and I would, you know, hate to see any animal suffer. And I've always felt this way. Um, and here this information is in front of me and I'm a little older now. I can understand things better and do the research on my own. And, um, you know, you're faced with that moral dilemma on you know do i i guess once you have that information there's no unknowing it anymore right. like there's really no turning you back delete it from right the database. so that's kind of where i was at on like oh shit i already kind of opened this can of worms here like yeah and that's not the most vegan phrase. <laughs> okay <laughs> um, sorry about that i was getting like, a call that's all good um so, yeah, it, it all was started with, like, this girl's uh, Instagram post, actually, and then I just uh, went down the rabbit hole. So that was how I got started, which I actually transitioned uh, over, like, a couple of months, um, kind of leading up to before I moved out. So I would say, like, my vegan anniversary date's when I officially moved out of my parents' house, but I had kind of been going for, like, about two to three months on, like, I went 
from, you know, standard American diet to pescatarian. Mm -hmm. So just cut out, um, like red meats, but I didn't really eat a lot of red meat anyways. I was more yeah. of a chicken and shrimp person. So cut that stuff out. And then I went vegetarian, cut out the seafood. And then I went, um, you know, fully vegan. So I did it in like a very transitional yeah. way over a couple of months. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Where our questions are keeps locking. So <laughs> be more diligent about that. Okay. On to the next. But, topic. uh, yeah, like one, one thing too is like, when I was a vegetarian, I didn't really, like, I was like, oh, meat is bad, obviously. Like, that is a given. And I had seen videos on the meat industry, which I, I think is a transitional point, like, seeing the atrocities and the cruelty of the meat industry. Like, it's pretty, like, accessible. and Well, everything's accessible mm -hmm. on the internet now. Um, but what wasn't readily apparent until much longer, uh, much later, was the dairy industry, which is... Not just as egregious, but in many, many significant ways, even more egregious than the meat industry. And uh, I, I think uh, you'd be able to provide some insight <laughs> to that. So, uh, so are we gonna? Uh, well, yeah. About... Let's uh, let's uh, talk about that bit. Yeah, I'm so, great at this. I'm just no, pointing no, at the fucking fine. outline you're here, fine. like the viewers know. No, what this talking ties about. into what you just said. So, like, kind of, um, you know, talking about the dairy industry, and that ties into like why vegetarian isn't enough if you know you are choosing to live this lifestyle for ethical reasons. Right. So, um, I used to, you know, have that mindset on, you know, like if it's not. I'm not actually eating the flesh of an animal, you know, milk and eggs, like, oh, they just make that anyways, right? Like, it's not hurting them right. because we're not actually killing them. Um, and I think that's a lot of people's perception on, you know, like, don't eat meat because it's an animal. Like, it's great that you have that belief established, but then you really cut off, you know, learning more about the whole entire scope of it um, when you don't want to look at dairy and eggs. So, um, so yeah, we can talk a bit about like why vegetarian, you know, for me personally, isn't enough, especially if, you know, you're deciding to cut back on these products for ethical reasons. Um, so dairy is definitely, if, if you really look at it, it's almost worse than consuming meat. Mm -hmm. Not that I would say like, oh, like, um, don't have dairy, but have meat instead. Like they're all terrible. They all tie together. They're all you know, in the same, on the same playing field, yeah. but. And um, it's interesting because like, I don't know anybody who like still ate meat, but cut out dairy. Right. Right. I actually <laughs> have, I feel like when I go to the grocery store, like Aldi specifically, I'll see people like loaded up on, like they have all these like meats in their, um, in their cart, but then they also yeah. have like the vegan cheese and, and they'll like have almond, almond milk, milk and all this <laughs> other vegan stuff. And I was like, homie, like, what are you doing? Like, I, I try not to be judgmental and like, okay, maybe you're transitioning or you're trying or something, but sometimes I get a little confused on like, you made the, the choice to not grab the dairy milk and grab the almond milk right next to it, but like yeah. you didn't make the choice to grab the tofu that was right next to the dead animals. Right, you know? right, so. right. Like literally juxtaposed <laughs> right. right next to each other. Yes. So, um, so to kind of talk a little bit about, um, so I guess this will just lead us into talking about like the industry bit by bit, which, you know, I don't want to go into too much detail to like bore anybody or gross anybody out. Um, 
but I do want to give, you know, the things that I think are the most important, like main points and like what you should know about these industries. So we're going to talk about it, I think, from like an ethical standpoint mm -hmm. first and then because um, that's where my roots are mostly based right. at, as well as well as um, Alex slash Johnny. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, everything else is kind of secondary. It's like yeah. we're in it for the ethics and then, oh, environmental and health. Like, it's like a great. Nice, perfect. Nice little added bonus yes, we got yes. there. So then there really are, at, at that point, it feels like there's really no reasons to not do it when it checks right. off on all those major bullet points there. But um, so to talk about the meat industry. So I think we all know that in order to, you know, get a chicken nugget or to get, you know, a cheeseburger that, you know, an animal has to die for that. We know that we're at the dead animals. That's a, that's a corpse. It's decaying flesh. Um, so we know that, uh, yes, yeah, so animals have to die. And the argument that people say is like, you know, as long as they live a good life and they're killed humanely, humane slaughter, free range, all of those things are just marketing <laughs> label. I, I, what, <laughs> marketing like, if that's not a goddamn f humane slaughter, okay. Yes, okay. it's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know how you... Uh, I guess the definition of humane is to show compassion or benevolence. And I don't know how you take another living, another sentient living being's life compassionately against its will, obviously, because if anyone will take the time to watch any type of slaughterhouse footage, there's a reason why these industries don't want you to see it. Right. Why activists, when they break into these slaughterhouses or when they're invited in, you know, they, they, there's, they don't want the footage released in there. Like there are activists who have gone to jail for sharing information. It's like, yeah, you, there's a reason why you don't see a cow getting its throat slit when they're showing you an ad for a cheeseburger. Right. There's a reason why. So, um, you don't want to know the truth because a lot of people would not want to eat that anymore. And so I guess, uh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, um, the meat industry. So, um, in terms of all those labels and things that a lot of people want to use to kind of justify it and say, you know, humane slaughter, they lived a good life, all of these things, you know, we still have to kind of boil it down to the point of, you know, why do we feel the need to take the life of another creature unnecessarily? Because that really is the main point of it is it is unnecessary. We live in a world where there are so many other options, um, even vegan alternatives. You know, vegan chicken nuggets aren't essential to your health, but they're a nicety and they're yeah. a luxury. And those things are way more accessible now. They're most accessible now than they have ever been. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's only even better. just exactly just in my five years of being vegan, like it's so, it's crazy to see how, how quickly it's grown in the last few years. And it's, it's amazing to see. Um, so. We also need to talk about that, you know, okay, well, why is taking the life of another animal, you know, I'm getting nutrients from that food and those are nutrients that I need to, to be healthy and to live. And one thing that I, I mentioned to people sometimes that they like never really knew or never thought about is that all of the animals that, you know, we eat, they are herbivorous animals. So we're not eating, you know, we're eating animals that are eating plants and the nutrients we're getting are coming from the and sorry, the food that the animal ate. So we're eating recycled nutrients, um, but you're also getting not only those recycled nutrients through that decaying flesh, but you're also um, you're also getting you know your saturated fats and your cholesterols and those animal proteins right. that are inflammatory to your system. You're getting all of those things in your body. Um, yeah, sure, you're getting your protein, and you might be getting some amino acids or fatty acids or whatever is in there, But because um, I'm not a nutritionist, so don't quote me on any of that. But, um, yeah, you might be getting all of that stuff, but you could be getting it from the source itself because no animal uh, – sorry, all protein is created by plants. Right. Scientifically. So um, we're going through all of this work on raising an animal – 
slaughtering it, and then um, eating the recycled nutrients through the dead animal's body when we could just be saving all of that, saving all the resources that go into that, saving the cruelty that's done to the animal, and just eating the freaking plants. Um, and one thing that is also crazy is that 80, I think 80 to 90 percent of the the crops that are on mm -hmm. the planet of grain of like plant-based crops those are crops that are grown to feed livestock so imagine if we used all of that land to actually feed humans world hunger isn't a real problem we can actually we, we have the ability to fix that issue but it's a matter of um kind of redirecting those resources right. to where they're actually needed at so I feel like I've been going on for a bit. Is there anything that you want no, to like add that? that? <laughs> yeah, no, that it, it's absolutely insane. Like, and all it takes is to think critically about it for like three to five seconds. Mm -hmm. And also, one thing I've heard a lot there, there there's this kind of uh, rhetorical ladder that goes into somebody who's kind of cross-examining people who adhere to vegan lifestyles. And, you know, you hear quite often, like, oh, well, you're vegan. Where do you get your protein? It's mm -hmm. like, I don't believe they're concerned with my protein intake. Mm -hmm. uh, but just in case you were, here's where I get it. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> Black beans, tofu, chickpeas. So like, how about where do you get your fiber? Where do you get exactly. your omega threes? Where do you get your amino at your essential amino yeah. acids? Like, no one really cares about your nutrition until you know you exactly. decide to change. Exactly, exactly. And then when you say like, oh, here's where I got my protein, you mm -hmm. can actually calculate it, mm -hmm. and uh, then I'll say, oh, well, that's those are incomplete pro. Like, what, what does that even mean? Like, it's just <laughs> false. Like, it's insane. <laughs> And it's just these fallacies propagated by the meat and dairy industry that right. have gone without any type of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 110%. And also one thing that I want to, like, mention to people. So not not only about, like, the recycled nutrients, which, like, that is just... There's no debate on that. You're eating recycled nutrients. Um, but there's a reason why you can get food poisoning and die if you consume undercooked or raw meat. Um, so if you, the reason why you have to cook meat for it not to kill you and you consume it is because it is rotting, decaying flesh. Goddamn right. Point blank. And that shit's not, if that, if you would consume that, oh, you, okay, let me backtrack. If you think that you are an innate carnivore because of your little itty bitty canines, <laughs> and then why would eating raw flesh almost kill you? Why do you have to cook it to kill off all of this bacteria uh, before it would kill you. And I, some people will do the whole caveman argument that like humans created tools and all this stuff to combat all of that and it's okay. But uh, okay. And whatever. Well, I'm not going to go down and that. I've road. never it's purchased any greens or fruits or legumes or any type of plant-based product that had the disclaimer on it that said, unless you prepare it this way, it could it kill you. It could kill you. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Well, and we watched in um, Gary Yarofsky, he is one of like the pioneers of vegan activism. We watched um, one of his speeches a couple weeks ago, which was like, I think it went, I mean, it was pretty viral like, yeah. in the vegan community. And uh, he would go and perform this uh, speech at different universities and things like that. If anyone wants to look it up, it's called like the most important speech you will ever hear by mm. Gary Yarofsky. And, and that's um, Y-O-U-R... Y-O-U-R, your... O-F-S-K-Y, like you're off 
sky basically yeah. just remember yeah. that yes you're, you're off sky uh and one thing that he mentioned on there was which he could have this conversation way better than yeah. than me because i feel like it's i'm a little scrambled right now because there's well, just he's so the like leading authority yeah. on the fucking planet for sure <laughs> but one thing he mentioned is like some people will come at you and say like well you can get sick from eating certain fruits and vegetables like um e coli and you know there's e coli breaks you know with certain foods and things like that it's like but e coli comes from shit, shit. <laughs> which comes from an animal like most plants don't shit mo- right exactly plants broccoli doesn't shit that's my other rule it's like i don't eat anything that poops that's another yeah. good thing how, to go how about by. that like if you need one reason right i don't intentionally eat anything that poops but also um yeah so e coli like literally comes from shit which a lot of the um i guess the e coli breakouts that happen on like plant-based farms and or sorry like produce farms and whatnot that's from an overrun of what's going on at the factory farms and like mm-hmm. things that, that are going on in slaughterhouses and like where animals are being kept and things like that so without all of that there would likely not be any e coli breakouts uh or breakout breakout yeah out, outbreaks yeah. um you know within the the world of produce but yes so also this just keeps blocking um, but but yeah no it's uh with plant-based products, and by plant-based products, I mean plants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, plant derivatives. Um, there, you get all of your necessary nutrients without the carcinogenic effects, mm-hmm. without risking heart disease, without risking hypertension, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes. If you look at certain regions of the world, there are just certain parts of planet Earth where children don't have type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is cor- not just correlated, but caused by yeah. rampant meat consumption. And it's it's just wild to me that some people think like, well, you know, I exercise and, you know, I'm within a healthy like weight range or BMI or however you want to measure, you know, your physical health. Because, um, you know, that's just very different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but people just don't tend to think that what you put into your body, like you know that you have to eat to live, but you think that what you put into your body, you know, three plus times a day doesn't have a long-term effect on how your body functions. Like that's just wild to me. Like you think you can just go eat McDonald's every day, but if yeah. you're, uh, you know, you're pumping iron in the, the gym or you're bench pressing like 500 pounds or whatever, I don't know, you can tell I don't go to the gym, but like <laughs> if you're doing all of that, like you just think that you can cancel it all out. And there are plenty of people that will still like, they seem physically fit, but you know, if they're consuming a diet that is still high in like in animal proteins and just, you know, animal products and animal by- byproducts, there's they can still have heart attacks and they can still have high blood pressure, high cholesterol and all these things. It's not because of your age. It's not always because of your, your genetics. And there are definitely things that are genetic for sure, but there's a a vegan doctor that's in um, the documentary called what the health. And one of the quotes that he said that really stuck with me is, you know, any um, hand that you're dealt with your genetics, you can reshuffle Mm -hmm. with your diet. Um, and I just think that that is so freaking true. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And uh, I was listening to this episode of the Rich Roll podcast, and it might have been the same gentleman. His name honestly escapes me. But in terms of uh, percentages, generally speaking, on a larger scale, mm-hmm. uh, the factors when you weigh it against genetics and when you weigh it against lifestyle, it's actually statistically 80 20, 20% mm-hmm. being genetics, mm-hmm. 80% being lifestyle. Yes. So. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard like, oh, well, you are you come from a family of heart 
problems. So just get on the medications. It's like, well, I also come from a family of a diet that Mm -hmm. is causing these things. And and it took me only six months. I went back to my doctor six months later after having off the charts cholesterol. I came back. It was like, it never happened. Wow. Absolutely fine. Normal triglycerides, normal cholesterol, just plants for a few months. I've heard this story like so many times, people. It's incredible when you give your body, you know, what it actually needs, how quickly it can repair itself. The body's absolutely incredible when you give it the right fuel. Yeah, yeah. And not only can plants prevent certain diseases, it can also reverse them Mm -hmm. with relative ease. Yeah rather quickly Mm -hmm. exactly for sure like there's a i mean i think a lot of people know like type 1 diabetes that's typically you know you're born with that there's really no going back with type 1 but with type 2 type 2 is completely preventable right um you you do that to yourself by constantly putting things in your body that your body can't handle constantly making your insulin level spike to the point where then you know your pancreas can't create the insulin anymore so um I think that's that's right. It's been a while since I brushed up on uh, my type 2 diabetes knowledge, but it, there's been so many, um, I guess, like studies that have been done with people that have type 2 and they're on like high blood pressure meds as well as, you know, having to take insulin several times a day and, um, you know, they're overweight and they're on like seven different medications just for anything and everything. And they go plant-based for just a matter of months. And they, they might not eliminate all of their medications, but most of them, they lose weight. They're feeling good. They're feeling more energized. Um, and they get down to the point where, like, they don't even have to administer insulin hardly. Like, maybe right. once a day when they were doing it, like, several times. Like, it's just, it's incredible how quickly your body can heal also. Right. When you give it the right things that it needs. So, right. Absolutely. Yeah. We got a little off of the meat industry. That was a, it was a good, it flowed. Hey, good we're, we're, we're giving sure. you an all encompassing yes, sure. array of information. So it's hard to talk about like meat, dairy, eggs, and then not talk about like environment, health, and cruelty. Right. They're all so, interconnected. Yes. Yeah, so I guess if we talk about, um, I guess, okay. I don't even know where to start right now. So, cause I was going to talk about like why vegetarianism vegetarianism isn't enough and like why kind of what happens in the egg and dairy industry so maybe we can focus there because i think that yeah. a lot of people know like uh maybe they don't know but just to kind of do a quick overview mm-hmm. the ways that we kill animals in the meat industry a lot of time like most of the time they are having their throat slit um they're pigs most of the time they are put into gas chambers um and you know we know what happens in there from what we know about the holocaust mm-hmm. it's the same thing um and we know that these animals, they fight, they scream, yeah. they're scared. You can see the fear in their eyes. They feel pain. Exactly. Um, they have this, you know, very similar central nervous system to us. They've got the same central service, central nervous system as our, our cats and our dogs that we love and cherish and protect. And we, we know that they feel and they, they feel pain. They feel happiness and joy and love and all of those things. So these animals, they, they are sentient and there's no argument against that. Truly. Uh, pigs have been proven to be smarter than dogs. They yeah. have pretty much, they're on par with like, I believe uh, three year old. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think a three or four might be four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, um, and also, it, it's really intriguing when, also, kind of, kind of to derate, to kind of delineate a bit. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, okay, I understand why you're vegetarian or vegan, and you don't you don't want to eat cows or pigs, and that's mm-hmm. fine, whatever. But like fish 
Like no, like they're fucking creatures. They're, they're sentient beings. Right, like right. there, there isn't a single sentient being on the planet that doesn't experience pain and suffering. Otherwise, it would cease to be a sentient being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like large, small, in between, everything with a pulse, anything that breathes can also experience pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know, like with fish, um, I haven't brushed up on research on this in a while, but it was up for debate if they feel pain because I know that their central nervous system is different than Mm -hmm. a lot of us mammals. Um, But also if it's up for debate, why would you even take the the risk on like just on the 50% chance they don't feel pain, I'm going to harm them. It's like, well, there's just, I I, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of like, well, you know what? On the chance that this person is not going to feel me punch them in the face, I'm just going to punch him in the face and see, you know, yeah. just because I feel like it, you know? Well, like, even if they don't feel it, hypothetically, it's like, oh, you're still ending you're their still life causing, prematurely exactly. for no valid reason. Yes, yes, exactly. So, so yeah, a bit about, so we did talk a little bit about the meat industry and like, so that's the way that they kill animals. And I know some people say, um, you know, like, well, they do stun them beforehand. And then, you know, if you stun them before you slit their throats, you know, they're, they're not really conscious they're disoriented. They don't know what's going on. It's a painless death. Perfect. Um, I believe stunning them or using the bolt gun. So, um, so the stunning them is, you don't use like a stun gun to zap them out for a bit, but also the, the bolt gun, um, that's where they literally put a bolt like between their eyes. Um, mm. and they're not fully dead yet, but I believe that like those have a failure rate, like two out of three times, neither of those things work. Like don't quote me on the statistics, but I believe that those things don't fully work on these animals. So it's like either way, you're still putting them in a situation where they're scared, they're fighting for their life. They don't know what's going on and they are being forcefully murdered in a very brutal, gruesome, disgusting way. Right. Also, like, what a bad faith retort. Like, well, like, I don't know if the animals are suffering. They are shot with this paralytic device. Like, oh, okay, of course. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Exactly. So just we know that, you know, we raise animals to... For in, in the meat industry, we raise them to be slaughtered, which is premature. Um, I know some people say like, well, you know, these animals, like they're going to die anyways. Just as an example, a cow, a cow's natural life expectancy is like 20 to 25 years. Right. We kill them when they're like two-ish right. usually. Um, so that can kind of help us segue into talking about dairy and eggs. So kind of why dairy is scary so so um rhymes true definitely ties in ties uh in a lot so i know some a lot of people especially vegetarians and kind of why vegetarian and vegetarianism this is why we think it isn't enough every dairy cow ends up being a beef cow and we'll talk about how so um you have your dairy cow and we know as mammals especially with humans humans only produce milk when they are pregnant to create nutrition for their offspring. It's the same thing with cows. So I don't think these cows are out at the clubs getting rowdy and getting knocked up every night. What's happening is someone is jerking off a bull and putting the cow, the female cows, into these contraptions that are, they call them as slang rape racks in the dairy industry. Mm -hmm. So if that doesn't say enough already, they will take the bull semen and they will, you know, forcibly inseminate the, the female cow. Um, in order to impregnate them. And this is repeated over and over and over again Mm -hmm. because a cow is not producing milk, which is obviously meant for humans. (laughs) The cow is not producing milk unless it is pregnant. So, you know, cow's pregnant, cow has baby. Uh, Cow 
cows are very maternal animals. Um, so uh, when they have their babies, you know, they're very attached to them. They have you know, those deep motherly instincts. They're very similar to humans in that way. So cow's pregnant, cow has their calf, and then um, within a day or two, or a lot, oftentimes immediately, that calf is stolen from that mother cow, which is very distressing. They will cry out for days after their baby has been taken. Um, and I, I, there's, I don't really know how anyone can can justify that as like, oh, like they don't care, they don't feel. Like, okay, well then explain them crying out for right. days after you take their baby from them. But um, so they'll take the calf away uh, because that calf would then drink that cow's milk which you know that's for us humans it's obviously not for that baby um that the that the cow just had so we will take that calf and we will either kill that calf or we will turn it into veal which is you know such a, a delicacy mm-hmm uh right yep baby cows uh so we'll do that or if they are a female cow they will likely end up just like their mothers back into the system to be mm -hmm. a dairy cow so um, so then after that dairy cow, the, the mother has had her baby stolen from her and, you know, she's being sucked of all of her, her milk hooked up to those contraptions that are not sanitary. They cause a lot of discomfort, a lot of abrasions and damage to their udders, um, which causes a lot of infections that often go untreated. So, um, not really a delightful process there, but, um, so they will, you know, suck the, the the cow dry of all the milk and then um you know they will just repeat the cycle they will continuously um inseminate these cows so they continue to produce milk um and so what ends up happening is you know with this repeated stress on the cow's body they will typically their bodies will collapse after a couple of years two to three years usually and they refer to these cows as downers so what happens you know these cows either they're not able to produce milk anymore or they're they just collapse they can't even stand it's it's honestly pitiful the the footage that i've seen of it so they will take these cows and you know these cows are no longer profitable to the dairy industry because they're not producing milk any longer mm -hmm. um so then they are shipped off to become beef cows they're then slaughtered so um every dairy cow becomes a beef cow so that's how all of that ties in together which is something that i i truly didn't know so i think that's very yeah. like useful information yeah absolutely especially since you know, again, everything is accessible with the internet. You're just a Google search away from any type of information ever. But I know that from my own experience, anecdotally and generally speaking, that information on the meat industry tends to be more accessible and out in the open than information on the dairy industry. Mm -hmm. And had I known about the dairy industry sooner, I would have probably skipped vegetarian and v vegetarian is <laughs> entirely and just gone straight vegan. It's a tongue twister for some it reason, sure isn't it? <laughs> seven fucking syllables. Okay, well that, that makes count sense. with my fingers. Right. <laughs> makes sense. But, uh... So, then going on from... Oh, it's stuck on the eraser. <laughs> Sorry, we have an iPad of, like, our talking points. Yeah. Um, Checking it off as we go. Yes. So... Um, now we can talk a bit about the egg industry, so why some people, um, you know, believe that, it, you know, it's still ethical to consume eggs because, you know, you're not killing the chicken to get the eggs. So, um, we can talk a little bit about why eggs are, um, a lot of cruelties involved there as well. Um, so for those who may not know, um, an egg is a chicken period. <laughs> so if that isn't gross enough already, let's just keep it going. So uh, chickens have one hole. 
they're not like humans where they've got an anus and a vagina and you know a urethra all of that stuff uh it's all one hole multi-purpose baby so everything is coming out of that one hole so the same place that chicken is shitting is the same place that chicken is laying that egg one stop shop and i dare you to look up a video of that because i promise you you're not going to want to eat it after you see it come out but uh so yeah, it's a you know an unfertilized egg. It's a chicken period. It does it's the same thing as uh, with with humans. So I believe we had this conversation after we watched the documentary a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago, and you didn't know about this. So I think that this is uh, incredibly um, informational. Mm -hmm. So um, hens uh, are actually on a pretty similar cycle with their you know with um, their menstrual cycle is very similar to that of humans, where they will naturally um they would lay like 12 to 13 eggs a year um but you know in the egg industry obviously that's not going to work we need them to produce as many eggs as possible um so for uh hens that are not producing you know the amount of eggs that we want them to um not making you know that paper that the egg industry is looking for uh they will they have this method called molting that they use to stimulate um, egg production with hens. So they will take the hen and they will isolate her. Um, they will put her in a cage, uh, dark, um, no food, no water for about five to seven days. Um, and they, well, that whole process in general, it causes the hen's body to go into a state of like shock and stress. Um, and with that, that stimulates egg production. So, um, you know, if a hen survives that process of no food and water and light and all of that for five to seven days, you know, they will continue to repeat it uh, when they need to stimulate egg production. But a lot of hens, like, typically don't survive that. But you know what? Those those animals are uh, disposable to that industry. So, you know, at least they got, you know, five or six eggs or whatever out of that one hen dying they'll just do it again to another mm -hmm. one so um i think the molting process is very very scary um so another thing is um any male chicks that uh come from the egg industry male chicks are literally thrown into like a grinder like a wood chip they room. are they are disposed of they're thrown either into a grinder i've seen footage of them being thrown into dumpsters um put into trash bags and set on fire they they're not profitable they can't you know create eggs so uh so that is a whole nother just horrible element of the cruelty that goes on um in mm -hmm. the egg industry so um some people will kind of come at it as well, you know, I get my protein from eggs or, you know, whatever. Like, let's think about it. That egg laid that egg. Um, not only, okay, it's just leftover of, like, not creating a, a baby. It's a, it's a literal menstrual cycle <laughs> egg. Um, what's in that egg was meant to create another living being. So there's all kinds of other stuff in there that's not healthy for us. Like, you get a lot of uh, cholesterol. Eggs are very high in cholesterol as yeah. well. Like you might be getting your protein, but you're also getting the cholesterol. And also to tie back to a little bit about, I meant to say this with them, the dairy industry is like, we think we need milk for, for calcium and things like that. But it's like, there's still a lot of other negative things that are in that, that milk. Like you're getting blood and pus and all that. It may be sanitized, but it's still in there. And, um, the regulation, if I recall correctly mm. from the video, is one eyedropper of pus per eight ounce glass. Yes, perfect. So that's why when you buy pasteurized milk, that just means that all the pus cells in it, which they will um, 
not call it pus, they'll call it somatic cell count, um, which is from, you know, cows who, dairy cows who are infected and the, the milk that's taken from them. Um, that is in your milk, y'all. It's just sanitized. And uh, yeah, that's very much, that's what pasteurized means is just that the pus was sanitized, but it is definitely still in there. It is not removed. But anyways, I was, sorry, getting off on another tangent, but um, the, the milk, it, for a dairy cow is made to help a baby calf grow into like a several hundred pound adult cow. Yeah. So um, for what reason humans think that we need the milk of another mammal to be healthy, especially when we're out of infanthood, when we are adults, we're not still on our mom's tit. So why yeah. are we on the tit of another <laughs> mammal? Like it's insane. Like it's absolutely beyond any type of articulation, batshit fucking crazy. Yes. Like, uh, we don't, uh, we don't have any, there's another quote, I know you've shared it before, but we don't have any more need for a cow's milk than we do for giraffe milk, dog milk, cat milk, uh, llama milk, <laughs> elephant milk, <laughs> any of that. Like, uh, there, there's nothing in that, that we can't get from a pure source of a plant. Right. So, um, so yes, I think we, we covered the cruelty that the basics of cruelty, you know, things are different in different countries. Um, but you know, all in all these animals, they are brought into existence to be exploited. Um, they are there for profit. They're not there to be loved and cared for. Um, they're disposable. Um, ultimately they all are, they're pretty much used of anything, any resource that they can offer. And, uh, they're, they're killed if they're not useful or they die from all of the cruel, the repeated cruelty, um, and the horrible like living conditions and the abuse and all of that. Um, I mean, there's, you know, if you really want to watch it, it's very easy to find that information on online. And I truly think like, that's what I needed to see yeah. in order to make the connection fully was that cruelty. Um, there's, you know, several documentaries. I know like earthlings and fork over knives, like uh, forks over knives. Um, those are, you know, the, the ones that really did it for yeah. me. Um, but if you're interested, you know, in veganism from the aspect of, of ethics and you're concerned about the animal cruelty, like that information is very, very, very accessible. Right. And also one thing I find very intriguing is like whenever they're in, you know, we're, we, we vegans, we're not confrontational people. Uh, what usually any type of, I'm not going to use the word hostile, but any type of like conflicting discussion is brought upon by another party of like, oh, well, like, where do you such and such, or why are you doing this, or just, like, in a very, like, kind of confrontational way. And one thing that's really interesting when you bring it up is, like, hey, like, if you watch these videos on how the food you're consuming is created, the horrendous sanitation conditions mm -hmm. of the slaughterhouses on top of all the ethical and cruelty mm -hmm. concerns, mm -hmm. like, hey, I, if you'd like, I could show you this video. Oh, look, I know it's bad. I know it's bad, and if I watch it, I'll stop eating meat, meal. but I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I know it's bad. I know it comes from a bad place, but I like you're my gonna, blinders. You're going to ruin my meal if yeah. I actually learn about where my food comes yeah. from. And just like the type of person I am and the type of person you are as well, it's like how I navigate life, a lot of the decisions I make are based on information I acquire, whether it's like scientific information or just like anything factual that I can use to inform my worldview and mm -hmm. navigate my lifestyle. So it's like any information anybody offers me, 
and you, it's like, oh, of course I'm going to use that to equip myself because that's going to benefit me. It's going to benefit my health. It's going to benefit other living beings. It's going to benefit the environment. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why wouldn't you want information unless you know that the information is going to be at odds with your lifestyle Mm -hmm. that you know it has some cognitive dissonance and some discrepancies to it. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is that gets us on the topic of cognitive dissonance. And like, there's very much a reason why you feel that way and why you feel uncomfortable when you learn this information. And I definitely experience it. I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but um, I think like a year before I officially went vegan, I tried to go vegan for like, just to try to like lose weight and like Mm -hmm. for health purposes. But I was very uninformed. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. And I very quickly was like, oh, like everything in my mom's house, like there's milk hiding and everything. Like I just can't win. Like, you know, like not, um, don't really care at all about this. Like I'm just going to go back to what's comfortable and what I'm used to. Um, so I actually had a failure with veganism because I, I wasn't fully educated on it. And I um, didn't want to take the time to learn because I knew it would be uncomfortable if right. I actually did the research. So, um, but then, you know, my second round with it where I officially, you know, made the change and everything that cognitive dissonance was definitely there. I was like, I felt like it was honestly this spiritual awakening for me. I yeah. know I would not be the person I am now if I never went vegan because it just rolled over into so many other parts of my life on like just waking up and say, like seeing like, I mean, we've been lied to our whole lives, Um, you know, thinking that all the stuff is we're told that it's good for us and that we have to eat it. And um, but we never think about like, why are we not if it's so good for us and it's so right and we absolutely need it? Why are why are we not shown where it comes from? Um, And why is that not just like public knowledge? Why do we not? Why is it not? um, I guess, why is it not really presented for us? Why do we have to go searching for it? Right, because the meat lobby and the dairy <laughs> lobby have paid every single person in Congress, every person in political positions. Like, anybody listening, send me one commercial of broccoli. <laughs> there isn't any. Right. There isn't any. You're not on yeah. Hulu right in between dick pills and dildos, like, buy our spinach. Right. Like, right. Never, exactly. ever in my life yeah. have I seen any type of, like financial backed ad campaign for any type of whole food. And that's because the meat industry and the dairy lobby are so rampant so much so that, and I think the food pyramid is now the food bowl in elementary schools. And if you think Mm -hmm. of the food that you were even given as a kid, go to any restaurant, any, you know, I have nieces and a nephew and and any restaurant we go to together, it's all hot dogs, hamburgers, Mm -hmm. pizza. It's not only contributive to cruelty, but also just, horrendous stuff but that's an entirely different tangent Mm -hmm. um but it's yeah no fuck i got derailed as i often do (laughs) i keep getting derailed too this is a lot (laughs) hey they know what to expect if anyone's listened to this before you you know what to expect but but yeah i mean the the reason that it's so ubiquitous and it's so pervasive is because there's a massive lobby behind it Mm -hmm. well i'm sure um because I actually meant to talk more about cognitive dissonance and I got off on um, a different tangent. But um, I'm sure most people who are listening to this that, you know, are connections to you or to me, like they, they know what cognitive dissonance is. It's that feeling of, hey, like I'm being presented with this thing that's making me very uncomfortable because it conflicts with beliefs that I already have installed right. within me. And um, that is, it comes with learning about where your food comes from, especially... Yeah. 
in the, you know, with animal products, uh, like what we're specifically talking about. So, um, and there's a reason why you don't want to watch the footage and you don't want to know is because you know that you're going to have that feeling on, oh shit, this is terrible. I know it's terrible. This does not align with my beliefs. I don't support animal cruelty. This is wrong. This is sickening. I don't like that this is happening. I would never, you know, wish this upon any living creature. We have that, but then it's like, okay, well then how do I stop this? Oh, personal accountability. I have to change my ways. I have to change my life. I have to change my actions. So I'm not supporting this industry anymore. And I think that idea of personal change for people is so scary um, to take accountability because it's like, I think a lot of people see it rather than an opportunity to be better and to change their lives for the better and be more educated, be more mindful. um, They see it as well, an ego blow. Yeah. Next one recording sixty <gasps> minutes. Oh no! <laughs> um, yeah, so apparently uh, we have four minutes left in this recording. Uh, that must be a new feature to Anchor. So we may stop it and then start a new one and then splice them together later, okay. or do it in like a part two. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. Sounds Sweet. good. Okay. So, uh, anyways, I've never seen that before. That must be like an updated hmm. from the iOS. Their way of saying you bitches have been talking way too long now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as I was saying about like the people take it as an ego blow on why I have to admit that I was doing something wrong and we don't want to do that especially when there's comfort and this way that every most people around you this way that you've been raised you're taught that that's that's right and that's normal and to break away from that that's a scary thing to go off and do your own thing and to I mean honestly in any alternative culture of any whether it's political or um you know in terms of like ethical with veganism and everything to, to split off from how you were raised and to go an alternative direction. I mean, it's a very scary thing to do. It takes a lot of courage. Um, it takes a lot of, um, I mean, willpower. And you're going to be met with resistance from people in your life for reasons that I still cannot come to grips with. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the, the cognitive dissonance, it's something to embrace. And, and as, especially us, um, I know there are some pieces where maybe I got a little bit like sassy, but we, you know, we're having a conversation vegan to vegan. So I know that like we, we we're on the same wavelength with this, but we're not the type of people who um, are like going to tell you like, you're a piece of shit. You've been doing all this stuff wrong. Like, how are you not vegan? Like you're such an idiot. Like, you know, I'm morally more superior to you and blah, blah, blah. That's not what we want to do at all. We want to say, Hey, like we want to present this information because we we're not diff. We're not different. We did not come from opposite sides of the tracks here. Like we all, none. Like we talked about at the very beginning of this. Neither of us are born vegan, and like a ninety-nine percent of people who are vegan now were not born and raised vegan. Right. Um. And so it's not an impossible change. Like embrace that cognitive dissonance. It is there for a reason. That is almost like a confirmation of knowing what is right and wrong in your gut to you and that the way that you're living is not in alignment with those beliefs and that something is amiss. That's why you feel that discomfort. It's not something to be turned away from just because it's uncomfortable. I mean, truly, if you think about it, any change in your life, it's going to take work and it's going to be uncomfortable. Like if you're trying to, you know, um, if you're someone who doesn't really live a a healthy lifestyle and you're trying to start going to the gym more, or if you get, you leave a job and you try to go get a better one or change a career path or move somewhere different all of these changes they're hard decisions to make but they eventually become your new normal you learn how to exist within that and um you know it's not we we change all the time right we change all the time and we put in the work all the time and this is just another one of those things and it's it's not 
an impossible thing. It's actually easier now than it has ever been. Yes. And uh, we discussed a lot of the informational elements and the educational elements. Uh, we're about to run out of time because the app that we're using, Anchor, which is dope, allows you to create free podcasts. That's not a plug, just in case you have ideas you want to spread. Uh, but yeah, this is the informational educational side, uh, and we're going to do another recording of our personal experiences, benefits in our own lives, challenges we faced, and just uh, approach it from more our individual experiences. So stay tuned for that.